Hello, and welcome to Behind the Horror. Scary movie fans, such as myself, will hear that a movie is based on a true story. Now, a few of them we know, but most, well, we never go on to find out just what that true story is. So, in this series, we will explore and find out exactly what the true story is behind the movies we love. The 1991 movie, Silence of the Lambs, is based on the 1988 book by the same name, written by Thomas Harris. The movie starts us off with Agent Clarice Sterling working through the physical portion of her FBI training when she gets interrupted by a superior who wants her to come to his office. There, she is told that they are interviewing known serial killers to learn about behavioral patterns and so on, but one in particular they are having a hard time with. Dr. Hannibal Lecter, a.k.a. the Cannibal Killer, isn't really interested in working with them. Clarice is, of course, offered the chance to try to interview him, and if he won't talk, at the very least, she is expected to report back his drawings, the subject of his drawings, the condition his cell is in, so on and so on. She is warned to be very careful when it comes to Lecter. She isn't to tell him anything personal about herself. There's a whole laundry list of rules that she absolutely must follow. You get the idea that he is incredibly dangerous, far beyond the normal level of danger when it comes to serial killers. Clarice, as she arrives in Baltimore to interview Dr. Lecter, she is told that he is a pure psychopath and far too sophisticated for any of their tests. She is told a story about a few years prior where he had complained of heart problems. So he was taken to the infirmary and his restraints and face mask to protect people from his mouth were removed so that he could have an EKG. In that moment, he attacked the nurse, permanently disfiguring her face, making her lose one eye completely, dislocating her jaw, and eating her tongue, all while keeping his pulse below 85. And, you know, of course, Clarice is shaken a bit by this information. She is then taken to his area and walks down the corridor toward his cell where she is told by one of the inmates that he can smell her um, female genitalia, shall we say. She stands before Lecter's cell, introduces herself, and asks if she can speak with him politely. We then hear the liquid golden butter that is Anthony Hopkins' voice as they begin to speak. They discuss the rude man in the nearby cell. They discuss Lecter's drawings, which he clearly loves. From the get-go, it is clearly obvious that Dr. Lecter knows exactly why she is there, to try to get his help with a Kansas City murderer that they have dubbed, quote, Buffalo Bill, who skins his victims. 
Clarice sends the tests he is expected to take through this food chute into Dr. Lecter's cell so that he can take them. He then begins to politely put her down, saying she's but one generation from being poor white trash. All of this so that we, the viewer, can fully understand that he is exceptionally talented at reading people from the moment he meets them, that he is beyond highly intelligent. Now, much to his surprise, Clarice gives nothing up, barely even reacting to his insults. He becomes frustrated and sends the information back through that chute and tells her to go fly back to her school in Baltimore. So she begins to leave, and after the rude inmate then throws semen through the bars at her, Dr. Lecter shouts for her to come back, and he gives her some bit of information that begins her search for clues that will hopefully lead to the capture of the serial killer, Buffalo Bill, and thus begins their back-and-forth relationship. Now, at this point, Buffalo Bill is out catching a new victim by pretending to have a broken arm and asking for assistance from a young woman in lifting a chair to put into the back of his van. I mean, hello, Ted Bundy tactic. So once it is discovered that he has a new victim and it is known that she isn't dead yet, the race to save her becomes intense. So what happens next? Those of you who have seen the movie know, and the rest will have to watch to find out, though I doubt there will be really any of you who haven't seen this movie. So this movie slash book's serial killer, Buffalo Bill, is based on a real serial killer, Ed Gein. I have already done a podcast on Gein, so if you don't already know of him, you can go back and have a listen. But for this podcast, we are looking at the real-life Hannibal Lecter. So Hannibal is based on a Mexican surgeon, Dr. Alfredo Bali Trevino. Thomas Harris, long before he wrote Silence of the Lambs, was sent to Mexico on a writing assignment in the early 1960s for a magazine. He was there to interview an American inmate at a prison in Monterey, Mexico. While there, Harris met and began talking to Dr. Trevino, who was curious about the American inmate's crimes and motives and forms of torture. Apparently, this American inmate had attempted to escape and was shot, and Dr. Trevino worked on him, saved his life, nursed him back to health. Thomas Harris thought the surgeon to be eloquent and highly intelligent, then found out that the doctor was in fact not part of the medical staff at the prison. He was also an inmate and a murderer. So let's get into the story of Dr. Trevino. Alfredo Bali Trevino was born on October 2nd, 1931, and was raised in Mendez, Tamaulipas, which is close to the top northeast corner of Mexico, not too terribly far from the southernmost tip of Texas. He was also one of five children, 
and there really isn't a lot of information about his very early years, other than his family was considered upper middle class, and his parents were hard workers who encouraged their children to do the same. They thought of college as a very high priority, and they urged him to get a medical degree. While in high school, he met and befriended Jesus Castillo Rangel, and a friendship blossomed. As Trevino continued through medical school, as well as his own personal life, he was impressively self-controlled, stern, and strong in his convictions. He went on to earn his doctorate at the age of 35. It is said that, due to his very strict personal code and compass, that if anyone acted outside of what he deemed appropriate, then he considered them sort of beneath him. Outside of that, he had a squeaky clean record, no prior criminal activity whatsoever. He was described as an incredibly successful doctor and surgeon. One of his interns was none other than Jesus Castillo Rangel, his friend and now lover. Trevino had it all, a highly successful medical practice. He was a celebrated surgeon, was in a close and loving relationship. It appeared that he had everything going for him. So, a lot of sources differ in the motive Some say Jesus had an affair with a woman. Others say that Jesus simply told Trevino that he was leaving him. And still others say it was due to money that was owed by Jesus to Trevino. But regardless, Trevino decided his lover had to go. So, he slipped him an anesthetic to sedate him. He then injected some other drug into Jesus. He then drug his unconscious body and placed him in the bathtub, where he carefully slit his throat with a scalpel. He then allowed the body to drain itself entirely of blood. Then the doctor began the task of dismembering his former lover into very small pieces with the precision of a skilled and well-practiced surgeon. It is said that he took his time, that he enjoyed his work. And once he had the pieces small enough, he put them into a box. He went out to a relative of his farm and asked a ranch hand to help him bury it, telling the man that it was just medical waste. So the man helped him bury it. But the next day, another ranch hand, some say it was his own uncle, noticed the freshly dug earth in an odd place and contacted the police. Once the police arrived and figured out what was in that box, they decided to arrest Trevino. Two Mexican police officers dressed in plain clothing visited the doctor at his office pretending to be patients. It was then that he was arrested. Now, Trevino tried bribing these officers to let him go, which included a payoff in the form of a whole pharmacy 
that belonged to someone else that did not even belong to him. And he promised both officers a brand new car. Thankfully, the officers weren't corrupt and they did not take his bribe. He was taken to jail. He went to trial, found guilty of murder, and sentenced to death for Jesus' murder. He was apparently the last person in that area to ever receive the death penalty. So when Thomas Harris heard the story of Dr. Trevino after meeting him, it inspired the Dr. Hannibal Lecter character we all know and love so, so much. Harris described the doctor as a, quote, small, lithe man with dark red hair, unquote. He said he stood perfectly still and had a, quote, certain elegance about him, unquote. A prison guard at the prison told Thomas that the doctor would never get out of prison and that he was insane. However, Dr. Trevino was actually released after serving 20 years in prison. He was released in the year 2000. And how he was able to do this, I will never understand, but he was apparently allowed to continue to practice medicine, and he did provide medical care to the poor and elderly until he died in 2009 at 78 years old. Now, the doctor was suspected of a number of other murders, mostly hitchhikers who were found dismembered in a kind of similar fashion as how he had done to Jesus, but he was not ever actually charged with those crimes. And yes, the good doctor was well aware that Dr. Lecter was based on him, and he said that he found it, quote, funny. But he went on to say, quote, I don't want to relive my dark past. I don't want to wake up my ghosts. It's very hard. The past is heavy, and the truth is that this angst I have is unbearable. Unquote. So that's it. Sorry this one is so short, guys. There just isn't a ton of information about Dr. Trevino out there, but it is still very interesting that he was the inspiration for Dr. Hannibal Lecter. And I also find it fascinating that author Thomas Harris actually met the doctor and was able to chat with him. Up until recently, I had had no idea Lecter was based on an actual person. So I hope you are as surprised and happy as I was in finding that out. Thanks for listening.